This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radio Shack has a super half-price deal now on an 8-track car stereo tape player. Regularly $59.95. Now just $29.95. You save $30 and get you a choice of music wherever you drive. Put stereo 8-track players in two cars for the regular price of one. Or buy one and have enough money left over for car speakers and your first tape. Get on the road to savings now with this sale-priced realistic 8-track car stereo tape player. Only at Radio Shack, a Tandy company. Does your tape collection look like this? Then you need a KTEL tape selector. With special attachments, it fits conveniently in your car, stores all your tapes neatly, ready for easy selection. Tilt the first tape forward. The others follow automatically. Take your selection when it appears. When replacing tapes, tape selector automatically finds the proper place. In your home or in your car, protect your valuable tapes with Tape Selector. $4.99 from KTEL. Lacey's presents the Panasonic Dynamite 8 8-track player. Works on batteries, house current, even has an optional car adapter. Pushing the plunger changes the tune. And you don't have to strike it rich to buy it. The Dynamite 8 in red, yellow, and blue. See them at Lazy's. They're a blast. My fellow music lovers, my music machines, the Panasonic take-in tape that plays and records cassettes and the Panasonic Dynamite 8 that plays 8-track cartridges. It's a blast. Their terrific colors play on batteries and electricity. But what makes the Panasonic take-in tape and Dynamite 8 so right is that they both sound like Dynamite! Wait a minute, this sounds like rock and or roll. Hello, welcome to Rock and or Roll. I'm your reluctant host, BJ. The development of the original 8-track tape was funded by Bill Lear, the founder of Lear Jets, based in part on previous technology that had been developed by former used car salesman turned electronics entrepreneur Earl Madman Muntz. 
The success of the 8-track tape was eventually orchestrated by a consortium Bill Lear put together that included Ford and GM, Ampex, RCA Victor, and Motorola. All of these companies worked together to orchestrate the success of the 8-track tape. After Lear convinced RCA to commit to mass production of their catalog on Learjet Stereo 8 cartridges, Ford agreed to offer the players as optional equipment on 1966 models, and they sold 65,000 players that first year alone. Here in the cockpit, bucket seats, sporty steering wheel, five-dial instrument cluster are standard, with Mustang options like front disc brakes, a stereosonic tape player. So it was all about the auto industry at first, but eventually, battery-powered portable players were also a huge selling point for 8-tracks. Obviously, portability is what made 8-tracks and eventually compact cassettes so appealing. Philips had invented the compact cassette in 1962, and it had been introduced in the U.S. in 1964. But Bill Lear had somehow managed to orchestrate this proliferation of the 8-track, even though it was inferior technology. Sort of the same way that VHS beat out Betamax, but cassettes were better. They were smaller, it was easier to maneuver between songs, to fast forward and rewind and start the album over or try to find a specific song. All of that was much easier with the compact cassette. And also the cassette tape could maintain the integrity of the album in a way that the 8-track could not. Since the 8-track used four programs, which would consist of two to three songs, and these four programs had to be close to equal length to facilitate the switching between programs and just the way the 8-track worked, the four programs had to be the same length. So, a lot of the time they would have to switch the order of the songs in order to keep those programs at an equal length. Sometimes they would even have to fade a song out at the end of one program, then the, tr the player would switch to the next program and that same song would fade back in and finish. Um, so it was ridiculous the way the sequencing of the album would just be ignored and the order of the songs would just be changed uh, for, for no good reason beyond the fact that these four programs had to be the same length. For example, Thunder Road is not the first song on the Born to Run A-track. Now, if you're a fan of the Born to Run album, if you're a fan of Bruce Springsteen, imagine that. Thunder Road is not the first song on the Born to Run A-track. It's the fourth song. Listen to the order of the songs on the Born to Run A-track. The first song is Night. Great song. I love that song, but it's not the first song on Born to Run. Second song, Meeting Across the River, which is from side two, and not a good second song on an album. Third song is She's the One, and it's also from side two. She's the One, part one, because it has to fade out at the end of track one and fade back in at the beginning of track two. Then you get Thunder Road and Born to Run. Then track th program three, you get 10th Avenue Freeze Out and Backstreets, and then program four is Jungle Land. So the order of the album, the sequencing, which if you know Bruce Springsteen, you know he put a lot of thought into the order of the songs on that record. And here they are just switched up with no sense of in the integrity of the record, the, the art of the album. And here it's just ignored. And 
even with all the changes they made, they still had to fade She's the One out, so they still couldn't make it fit. But the, apparently this was the best they could do, and so the integrity of the album, gone. That kind of thing did not happen with the cassette tape. The cassette tape had side one and side two, just like the record. So the main, t- the main, the sequencing of the cassette tape could be exactly the same as the sequencing of the record, even though sometimes one side of a cassette would be longer than the other. But you could just fast forward to the end or rewind side two. It wasn't that big of a deal. But although the eight track tape is dismissed now as a failure. From a contemporary standpoint, back then it was a huge success and sales grew spectacularly from the late 60s over the course of the 70s. And it wasn't really until the introduction of the Sony Walkman in June of 1980 that the death knell really sounded for the 8-track. And by 1981, record companies were beginning to phase them out. Take a cassette out of its case and most people just see an empty box. But Sony saw something quite different. Sony introduces the only cassette player as small as a cassette case, the incredible-sounding Super Walkman. Enter Sony's $25,000 sweepstakes. Look for this display at your Sony dealer. So I collect 8-tracks. I don't have a lot, maybe 100, 120. I love 8-tracks because they're a piece of rock and roll history. They're a piece of 70s rock history. I just like them as artifacts and as collectibles, and they're just interesting and cool. And I have a working 8-track player running through my stereo, and hooked up to that same stereo is a CD recorder. So the idea for today's episode was to play songs directly from my 8-track tapes. So every song we're going to hear on today's episode, I burned to CD directly from the 8-track, and then rip the songs to my computer with iTunes. So the songs you're going to hear on today's episode are right from the 8-track. You're hearing the song being played on the 8-track tape, and you'll be able to tell with some of them. Some of them maybe you wouldn't even be able to tell, but some you'll definitely be able to tell they came from an 8-track tape. So let's begin with the first song from the Rolling Stones' 1972 legendary double album Exile on Main Street, I actually have two copies of this on A-Track. One of them, the one I used to record this song to the CD, is Pink. It's a Pink 8-Track version of Exile on Main Street. This is the first song, a song called Rocks Off, one of my favorite songs ever.
Up next, we're going to hear a song by ACDC off their 1977 album, Let There Be Rock. This comes straight from the 8-track tape, one of my favorite ACDC songs. It's the second song on Program 3 of the 8-track, a song called Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be.
My favorite Kiss album is their third album, Dressed to Kill. came out in March of 1975, was produced by Casablanca Records owner Neil Bogart. Very well, I might add. I really love the production on this record. Sounds great. Going to play you a song, really great song, kind of overlooked, I think, on this album. The song's on side two of the record, but on the A-track, it's the second song. If you're a Kiss fan, get this, the first song... On the Dress to Kill A track, Ladies in Waiting. Second song, Anything for My Baby. Third song, Love Her All I Can. And the last two songs of Program 4 are Room Service, which is the first song on the record, and She. So, gonna play you the second song on the A track, a song called Anything for My Baby by Kiss. Anything for my baby. I want steal. Anything for my baby. I will I steal. I'm a huge fan of T-Rex, especially the two records that come after the most famous record, Electric Warrior. Then you get an amazing album called The Slider. Then sort of a sequel to The Slider came out in 1973, a record called Tanks, T-A-N-X. Great album, produced by Tony Visconti, partially recorded at Abbey Road. Almost as good as The Slider, which is an amazing record. This might be my favorite song by T-Rex. Song from Tanks called Mr. Mister. Baby, I'm looking with my eye to the sky. Baby, 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 I'm just looking with my eye to the sky. With my eye to the sky. 
So Thin Lizzy had, what, three records before the twin guitar attack of Scott Gorham and Brian Robertson came on the scene. I don't really like the first three Thin Lizzy albums very much. I don't even really like that fourth album very much, Nightlife. That was the first album with Scott Gorham and Brian Robertson. For me, the real Thin Lizzy sound begins on album number five, a record called Fighting from 1975. I own this one on 8-track. Great, great album going to play what is sort of the title track a song called fighting my way back by thin lizzy from the eight track fighting fighting
fighting. So if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know that my favorite band of all time, greatest rock band ever, is Cheap Trick. I also participate in a Cheap Trick, a podcast devoted to Cheap Trick with Ken Mills, the podfather, called Cheap Talk. I own every Cheap Trick 8-track all the way through one-on-one and uh, going to play you a song from their very first album. Uh, to me, this is one of the most brilliant and brilliantly demented rock records ever made. An absolute triumph, this album. Minimal, minimally produced by Jack Douglas, pretty much just recorded live in the studio. Just an insane record from 1977. Absolutely amazing. Going to play you the first song. Now, that's controversial because, of course, on the A-track, you don't have side one, side two, but when the record came out, it was side A and side one. Now, if you look at the back of the album cover of the first Cheap Trick album, the way it's the way it's formatted, it definitely gives you the impression that the side that begins with Hot Love is the first side of the album. But then when they reissued it on CD in the late 90s, they put Hello Kitties as the first song on the album, which does make sense, but I always thought Hot Love was the first song. It's the first song on the 8-track, and we all know how the 8-track maintains the integrity of the album, so I'm going to go with the 8-track on this one. Gonna play you the first song, first album by Cheap Trick, a song called Hot Love. I'll be around, around, around. 
So in making this episode, I actually had three of my eight tracks break on me. The tape broke, including this next one. It's a Queen album called The Day at the Races. Tape snapped after this song ended and switched programs. Uh, So I'm going to have to open this one up and try to fix it. This is their fifth album from December of 1976. And I'm going to play you a song called Long Away that was written and sung by guitar player Brian May. On the A-track, the song is actually listed as Long Way. So they made a typo there. Uh, This is a great song. It was actually released as the third single, I believe, from the record in 1977. A song called Long Away by Queen. I'm a huge fan of Journey, and I've got Infinity, Evolution, and Departure on A-Track, and uh, I think I wanted to play Do You Recall from Evolution, but <laughs> the tape snapped. So, moved on to Departure. Uh, Going to play you a great song. Uh, this is Journey album, came out in 1980. This is a song 
directly from the 8-track uh, Journey Departure, a song called Line of Fire. Nazareth, great band. Gonna play you a song from their fourth album. Great record by Nazareth, probably their best. Album called Loud and Proud. Came out in 1973, produced by Roger Glover. This song actually became the title track for Michael Monroe's 1989 solo album. It's a song called Not Faking It. And this one sounds kind of weird. I suppose there's an issue with the tape, maybe. But that's what this episode's all about. So you're definitely gonna be able to tell that this one uh, is not remastered.
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. The Raspberries, legendary band. I don't have the first two albums on 8-track, but I do have the last two. And I'm going to play you a song from their third album called Side 3. This record's probably most famous for the first song, Tonight. I'm going to play you another great rocker written by Eric Carmen, released as a single, but it did not chart. This record came out in 1973, Side 3 by The Raspberries. This is a song called Ecstasy from the 8-track.
I'm guessing there are a lot of Stars fans out there listening. S-T-A-R-Z, Stars. Gonna play you a song. This might be a controversial statement, but I think this is my favorite album by Stars. It's their third album. It's called Attention Shoppers. Uh, it came out in January of 1978. And this is a classic power pop song by Stars. I uh, love this song a lot. It's called She. So at first I was going to play a song by Sweet off of their 1977 album, Off the Record, which is a great underrated album. Uh, Fever of Love, absolutely amazing. I think I managed to burn Stairway to the Stars to the CD, but then I wanted to play, I really wanted to play Live for Today. So Stairway to the Stars is the last song on Program 3. Live for Today is the first song on Program 4 when the tape went to switch between the programs. It snapped, so I was not able to burn Live for Today from the 8-track. All of these tapes, the three tapes that snapped, all happened when they were switching between programs, so uh, I suppose that's an issue there, but uh, I also I pulled out the next record by Sweet, Level Headed, which came out in 78, and um, 
there are a couple of great songs in this album. Of course, it's got Love is Like Oxygen on there, which is amazing. Um, and then California Nights, which is terrible. That song annoys the shit out of me. But uh, there's a couple other great songs in this record. There's a song called Fountain that's great. I'm going to play another song by Sweet from Level Headed 8 Track. This is a song called Silverbird. young too so in love but they don't understand things that we played blue shadows in the doorway stealing time for bed and kisses So I wanted to play one song on this episode at least that uh, was spread between two programs. Um, so what they would do sometimes to make the programs an equal length is they would have to fade a song out at the end of one program. Then the tape would switch programs, click over to the next one. That song would fade back in and finish. I wanted you to hear what that was like. So, Permanent Waves by Rush came out this album was actually released on New Year's Day 1980 the first day of the decade and I wanted to I also wanted it to be a song that you know you were familiar with so this is a song called Free Will and it fades out at the beginning of program one I just you'll just hear it happen the song will fade out there'll be a pause the tape switches this is how it would be if you were listening to the eight track then the song fades back in Free Will by Rush
Aerosmith. My favorite album, of course, Rocks. I have the A track of that, but it's broken. But that that one's been broken for a while. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen now. Uh, pulled out Get Your Wings. Thought about playing maybe SOS or something. Then I pulled out Draw the Line. I was looking at Draw the Line. and It's a good album. And there's a really cool song in here that I've always dug called Critical Mass. So this is from Aerosmith's fifth album. Came out in December of 1977. Recorded in an abandoned convent outside of New York City. This song was written by Steven Tyler, Tom Hamilton, and producer Jack Douglas. Critical Mass from the 8-track.
So I talked at the beginning about um, Born the Run and how they changed the order of the songs. That's the third eight track that broke while I was making this episode. Let's see. Was it only three? I talked about <laughs> Sweet Off the Record, Snapped, The Journey One, and Born the Run. Uh, luckily, I had a second copy of Born the Run. That one still works. Um, but I was going to play Night. Then I started looking. I have Darkness, I have the River on a track. Um, started looking at the other ones, and I decided to play a song from the River. Uh, this is a song called Jackson Cage. So this is Bruce Springsteen's 1980 double album. Still managed to fit it on one A-track. Um, not sure how that worked, if the tape is just thinner, maybe. But this one survived being played. So uh, this is Jackson Cage by Bruce Springsteen from The River, A-track. on to ABBA. I've been threatening to do an episode about these guys. I really love a lot of ABBA songs, including this this song. It's from an album called Arrival from 1976. This is the album with Dancing Queen on it, but much better song on this record called Knowing Me, Knowing You.
Def Leppard, one of my favorite bands of all time. And I actually have the second Def Leppard album, which is my favorite, High and Dry. I have that on 8-track. Not the greatest condition, but it works. And uh, this album came out in July of 1981. It was the beginning of their partnership with Mutt Lang. This is an amazing record. This is one of my favorite albums of all time, for sure. Going to play you the only song on the record on which drummer Rick Allen gets a writing credit, along with guitar players Willis, Pete Willis and Steve Clark and singer Joe Elliott. This is a great song among many great songs in this album, a song called Lady Strange from the High and Dry 8-track.
Outlandos d'amour, which sort of means outlaws of love in French. Not, not quite, I guess, but sort of. Uh, first album by the police. Um, I read that Miles Copeland originally wanted them to name the album Brutality, so it would have been Police Brutality. However, ha- after hearing the song Roxanne, he envisioned a more romantic image for the band, and he proposed Outlandos d'amour. The first word, Outlandos, being a combination of the words Outlaws and Commandos, and D'Amour meaning love, I guess. A lot of great songs in this album. I've never been a big fan of Roxanne, honestly, but um, going to play you a song. You know, this is the kind of song that for most people probably doesn't even stand out, and for me it's sort of my favorite one. A song called Born in the 50s by The Police. <laughs> And now, to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. I'm going to play you a song that clocks in at over six minutes, I think almost seven minutes, uh, by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. This is from 1975 album called Zuma. Z-U-M-A. Seventh Neil Young album. Uh, this is a killer record. Uh, one of Neil Young's best. And... Um, I read that Lou Reed once told an interviewer that he felt Neil Young had become a great guitarist during this period. During this period, specifically, Lou Reed cited this song, "Danger Bird," by Neil Young from Zuma. Till next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.